We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey guys, let's keep it over 25 minutes, in it? What is going on, everybody? This is Joey here at Underage Packers, welcoming you to episode 97. Pleasure to have you here. Joining me, as always, is my friend, Big B. Give us, Big B, give us your thoughts. It's playoff week. What are we feeling right now? Feeling nervous, scared of heartbreak, excited all in one, but we're ready for some playoff football. We are. I mean, that's like... I mean, I've heard through the grapevine, which is literally just your Twitter feed this week, that you're feeling, I mean, especially as that 49ers-Cowboys game was going on, you were feeling a, a little bit nervous? Yes. I will admit, what, yes. What, what's up with that? I mean, what, are you still nervous about this game? No, I am not nervous still about this game. We're going to absolutely kick their ass, okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm just nervous of heartbreak because I'm scared of heartbreak. Pretty fair, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, but that's that's the excitement of it all. That is the excitement of NFL playoffs. Who knows, man? Monday, we could either be recapping a great win on this very podcast, or we could be recapping loss. But either way. Hey, we don't talk about losses here. We don't. With a, Only wins. Losing is not an option, all right? Yes. That's just the facts of the situation here. And even if we do lose, it is a privilege uh, to be doing a, a game preview of a playoff game. That is certainly a privilege because, you know, you look around at the landscape of the NFL, it's easy to get caught up in our headspace, especially as Packers fans over the last two or three decades of, you know, playoffs You know, in January, the Packers are playing exciting football, but for 24 other teams, that's not the case right now, and that's usually not the case for them every other year like it is for us. So, I mean, there is literally, I mean, Vikings fans, those poor people, horrible life decisions on their part, um, you know, and they're literally talking about, oh, I wonder uh, what the, their their next GM candidate's going to be. Oh, they interviewed this guy today. I, I looked at his Wikipedia page, and he looks like a, he looks like a smart guy to me, all right? So I'm just glad that we are here to talk about a Packers playoff game. So we'll be talking about all of that excitement. We'll be talking about the news that we got in this week, the injury news from Matt LaFleur, uh, and then we'll be talking about what they got going on down west, or out west in San Francisco. We'll be talking about all sorts of stuff. We'll be talking about the week three matchup, what happened there, and then we'll finally get to our game preview this week. It's exciting time. Are you ready to hit it, Big B? Yes, Let's you go. are now. I, I do got to ask you one essential question. If, I mean, if we, if we win this, I mean, when we win this, because losing is not an option. Remember that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm just gonna be. This is gonna sound really sad, but I'm literally like I'm gonna come upstairs. I'm gonna watch the press conferences, and then after that, I'm gonna turn on some music and start dancing with a Dr Pepper in my hand. So you know, I don't know if that's your plan. Maybe you, you have more of a life, but like. If you are my headspace, what's your number one song on your victory playlist? Um, gotta be "We Are the Champions," right? 
It's the only option, right? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think that would especially hit different after the Super Bowl when we win that. Like, because, yes. you know, we are the champions of the world. Like, that, oh, my God, brings a tear to my eye just thinking about how awesome that would feel to hear. Classic parade song. I need to put together my my playoff win uh, playlist so sometime this week. I got I got to get to that. So um, that's that playoffs happening. Let's do it. Let's head right into it. So we, we do got to talk about the news. Uh, the one coming out on Wednesday evening of Kingsley Kiki being released by the Packers. Fifth uh, fifth round defensive end from two years ago. I really uh, you know. It's, it's been kind of confusing with Kiki. Last year, um, right about midseason, he suffered a concussion, and that kept him out the rest of the year, really. And it felt like we never were truly getting too much updates on him. Uh, and then this year, around sometime in December, he misses a few games due to COVID, and that's that. Then, mysteriously, he has an illness listed, and he's a healthy scratch for a game. Confusing stuff going on there. Uh, and then it, it came to a boiling point, apparently. It was released this Wednesday. Big B, I mean, we started to see some things come out on some possible reasons. But what are your overall thoughts on uh, Kingsley Kiki surprisingly being released? Yeah, it sucks. I um, had high hopes for him. I thought uh, this was going to be the Kingsley Kiki breakout year as a like to say <laughs> um just disappointed sad really like Kinsley Kiki but had to be done apparently so nothing you can do apparently and yeah I I was just I really thought before we had those concussions last year and even this year like you know I don't know if he'll ever turn into uh you know a, a great pass rusher but you know fifth round defense vent he seemed to be coming on and coming into form of finding his identity on this team. And he just <laughs> now we'll never know. And the Packers bad luck with third round picks seems to be extending to fifth round picks. He had Kamal Martin in there. Now yeah, Kiki. I'm, I'm not saying I don't want to throw out accusations out there or any conspiracies. But I'm just saying those third and fifth round picks aren't looking to uh, turn out too well. So that's Kingsley Kiki. Uh, we want to, you know, it could be, you know, a multitude of things. Could be, you know, a, a actual personal reason that you know he's actually going through something, or he's just he just doesn't have the motivation uh, to be an NFL player, not carrying the G. Uh, so we won't speculate too much on that. Uh, then we got some injury news, Big B. But for the first time this season, the injury news is phenomenal. And it's pretty remarkable where we are at this point. I mean, Big B, tell us all the players that are coming back. Just, like, list them all off. Who is coming back this week here? All right. So we got Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, hopefully. We'll get mm-hmm. to that probably. Um Oh, shoot, shoot. Escaping. Billy Turner. Um, yep. Uh, Whitney Merciless. Um, who else well, we got? Do uh, I, you mentioned I, Cobb, Merciless. Randall Cobb. Yep. Uh, 
technically Josh Myers. I don't know if you want to count him or not. Uh-huh. I mean, who, okay, who's that big pass rusher? Did you mention him? Zadarius Smith. Bam. Crazy. Oh, my God. It is. And, like, I just cannot believe, like I said, it's remarkable that we're at this point because it really felt like just two weeks ago, um, you know, all these players, it felt like throughout the season, the hope for them every week to come back and and then all of a sudden we're like week 16 we're like now their season might be done and i genuinely thought a few weeks ago that jair david were going to be the only ones to come back it's looking like all uh you know it, it would take some sudden turn of events for all those players that you just mentioned not to be out there on saturday um David Bakhtiari, though, like you mentioned, is questionable. Uh, he, he was off and on with practicing this week. I don't know if that was a part of his recovery plan or not, uh, but I assume a knee injury for an offensive lineman can be tough to predict, tough to um, obviously come back from. It's taken him a little over a year now, but a little tough, and it has to be day-to-day like Matt Fleur always talks about. So there's that. Even if we don't have David back this week, so many great additions that playoff teams, all the other seven playoff teams would be dying to have, I'm sure. So we found a way to win 13 games without them. Um, So now they're here with us on this team to make us even better for this Super Bowl run. Uh, For the 49ers side of things. You got Nick Bosa. He is the only one with a destination, the only important one with a destination. Um, Seeing with a concussion that he faced, suffered against Dallas. And obviously, you know, that's just dependent on if he goes through uh, concussion protocol, get, gets out of there. And he obviously, unless he can, if he can't tell, you know, how many fingers you're holding up, then it won't affect him in the game. Uh, unless, like I said, he's struggling with this concussion. Uh, and then you got Jimmy Garalapalooza, uh, who was already dealing with a thumb injury, dealing with a shoulder injury, and I, he also had an injury to one of his muscles um, that made him suck at playing quarterback, apparently. So there's that for Jimmy G. And... I, I mean, he threw only 12 times in the 2019 NFC Championship game. And we'll get to why the Packers make, need to make Jimmy Garoppolo throw more than 12 times in this game when we get to our full preview. So that's our little injury report we got here at Underage Packers. Now we got to talk about, we'll, we'll take a little break from the 49ers here and then we'll get right back into it. But, you know, Big B, I was talking about with these injuries, how remarkable it has been great to see all these players come back. But one thing I've picked up on this year more than ever is just the characters, the personalities of these players. I don't know if it's, I mean, I'm sure social media, the press conferences that we obsessively watch, has something to do with that, getting to know these players. But I certainly feel I know like just a little nugget of these players' personalities or stories. Um, and it just makes me, it makes my heart warm 
to see them <laughs> get get uh, to this point. It's a little sentimental, a little cheesy, but like it, like the the, the story of the twenty twenty one Packers is just all these little branches of individual stories of players in the league, and it's all come together. So Big B, um, I want to ask you your favorite story, but before that, I want to tell you my favorite player story this year, and that is Randall Cobb. Look, the emotional connection, the emotional value I hold with Randall Cobb is crazy. That man was drafted by the Packers in 2012, and I – he didn't leave until 2018, six years with the team in his first stint. And he was really, I'm not sure if you, you had the same experience. I'm going to really make some people feel old here. Like I oh. tend to do a lot of times, but yep. uh, you know, he, when he came into the league and kind of his career arc was kind of when I you know, got interested in football right in 2012, when I was able to understand the game and he was just, like I said, there until 2018, um, and I, I kind of felt I want to say I grew with him. That's that might be taking it too far, you know. Uh, but like I, I really feel like he was always there, just like Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, childhood hero, I guess would be the right word. So to have him back, I mean, July, late July, Aaron Rodgers goes out there. He has Ian Rapport as his uh, messenger. And he says that he wants Randall Cobb back. And I'm thinking, okay, this is just as stupid as a Jake Kumro theory. <laughs> uh, but apparently that really was a deciding factor for Aaron Rodgers to come back to the Green Bay Packers. And at first I was like, okay, if this is real, Aaron is not a good GM because the idea of trading for Randall Cobb, who has, you know, Played better than I expected, but still, like, trading for him, giving up assets for him. But and I, this is coming for me, who I just said, you know, I love him. Anyways, Aaron Rodgers, I can't believe that happened. And now we're here talking about him being back. And Randall Cobb, he did an interview on Packers.com with the Packers Point of View podcast, which is a new thing they started this year. I'm not sure who even hosts it. So, Sorry to him, but uh, I know they've had some great episodes and multiple people posted this clip from that episode uh, episode they did with Randall Cobb this week. And, oh, my God, uh, no words can describe it. No words, no explanation is needed. I'm just going to play it here. Uh, three games, three games. That's it. Uh, my dad. My dad uh, sacrificed a lot. Both my parents, my mom and my dad, for me to be in this position and for me to have this opportunity. Uh, it would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to me to be able to tell them that we did it, that everything that they sacrificed was worth it. And I know this is just a game. I know that football is just a game. But it's been more to a game for me, more than a game for me. It's provided me with a lot in my life. It's helped me provide a lot for my family. It's changed the trajectory of generations to come, all because of a football. And to win a championship 
is the pinnacle of that journey. And to be able to tell my dad, to tell my mom that, y'all, we did it. The sacrifices that you all made for me and my family to allow me um, to go to college and to get a scholarship and to get drafted, it was all worth it. Um, We did it. Number 18, man. Did you just have that towel sitting there like an NFL leak towel? That was not the plan for it, but, you know, it worked out. Great use of your resources. So now, we I talk about Randall Cobb. You can pretty much go through. We could do like a whole three-hour bit on like every single player's story. But, you know, what is your favorite Packers player story from this year? Man, it's tough. I want I want to go with one of the free agent pickups, Campbell and Douglas. But I feel like we talked a lot about that in our um, award yeah. episode, so I'm not gonna repeat none of that. So I'm gonna go with David Bakhtiari. All right, yeah. kind of curveball, but you know, last year, what was it? J- um, December 31st. Yep. Got the ACL injury in practice, whole big fluke of a thing. Out for what was it like year and a couple yeah, months? It's been now. Finally, we all think he's coming back. Then gets second surgery. We're all like, okay, he's done for the year. Clearly, <laughs> not never coming back. Never playing for the Packers again. Social media was like, I wasn't like that because you know I I actually have a brain. Yeah. Now he's coming back. First game in the postseason. He's a warrior. He's a stud. He's a giraffe, as Aaron likes to call him. Why? <laughs> but yeah, that's a yeah, thing. So for sure. Bob, sorry. Cheers. That is cheers, let's, David. Let's chug some beers, David. Let's go. <laughs> that is a curveball choice, but I really like it. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't get access to. Of David, just like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about his injury, like that he just so badly wants to get out there. I'm sure that um so and I I I really hope he is able to play on Saturday uh and return to his all pro form. Uh just like he looked like in his uh, minimal snaps against Detroit. So David, a great choice there. And I loved Aaron's quote on the Pac Matthew show where he's talking about Little, the little socks of David Bakhtiari, David Sakhtiari, uh, that he had on during the Christmas Day game. And he said, I wanted David to be out there with me when I broke that record. Oh, man. Uh, that, that, that's a great story. <laughs> Once again, bring out, bring out, the, bring out the NFL thousand. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of stories. So I, I just wanted to bring that up and talk about uh, Randall's great uh, clip there. Now it is time to talk about San Francisco 49ers. Big B, you know why they call the 49ers? Uh, no. Because Packers about to drop 49 on them. Oh! hey They're about to drop a 49er. They're going to pull a 49er at Lambeau Field here. Uh, they pulled a, a 30 on them in week three for a last-minute heartbreaker to 49ers fans. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Monte Adams, dotting them up. 
for two plays down the field with 37 seconds left. There was 37 seconds left. The the 49ers kicked their field goal at the other end of the field. You got little redhead Norm up there in the stands, and he says he posts a picture to Twitter saying it don't matter because it didn't matter. He predicted the future of Aaron on that game-winning drive, and then Mason drawing it through. So, you know, me and Big B, we were talking about before our show started, just like, you know, gen- genuine conversation. We don't have too many genuine conversations. After we stop recording, we hate each other pretty much. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, when That's we correct. met in person, I mean, I I had to really fight back, not punch you. Yep, same. I love that out there. Um, and so that that's that. And where was I? I, th- I thought about how much I hate. I lost track. Of course you did. You always do. Oh, what we were actually talking about pre-show. Okay, so we were talking about the week three matchup, and it feels like that first half from the Packers was pretty dominant, and they got out to a really fast start. You had Gash Nyman out there at left tackle, also a great story uh, yes. for the Packers. But Gash Nyman out there at left tackle for his first game, pretty makeshift offensive line, and – Hackers did a really nice job at handling the pressure from Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, uh, blah, blah, blah. Very good 49ers defense line. But then, you know, the 49ers, they they had uh they put some things together. Um, you know, they put together a really nice drive before the end of the half. Granted, uh, they got some help from the refs on that drive as well, keeping it alive for a little bit. And then they ended off, they, they subbed Trey Lance in there, and everybody knows what's coming, but they still can't stop the read option for him as he runs it into the end zone before the first half ends. And then in the second half, they continue to somehow put together a 28 points, take the lead on Green Bay. And there we are on that game-winning drive again. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think this 49ers team we are looking at now, and you could certainly see it, from just when they were facing the Cowboys um, this past week in the wild card, super wild card weekend with three out of four games being, or all but two games being blowouts, uh, super wild card weekend in their game against Dallas. That Sam Fran is a very different team. Kyle Shanahan got some new toys over Christmas break and was excited to show them off. You know, I'm not really sure exactly. When throughout the season, they started to use Debo Samuel a lot, started to get Elijah Mitchell as a really good running back and more involved in their offense. Uh, I'm not sure when that happened, but I really think this is a different 49ers team we are looking at. Then we saw in week three, Big B, overall thoughts on the 49ers team we got heading into Lambeau. Um, yeah, Debo Samuel is such a dynamic player. He's really, really had a breakout year definition of a breakout year. Yeah. You know, like, like you said, they didn't really use them week three. Um, they started actually, they started using them in this running back role in week eight. Fun fact. Oh, the research I did. Um, the research. Nice. And you know, I also have George Kittle, which seems to be getting overlooked a lot this week by Packer fans. Ah. And he is still very, very good. Still going to be a problem. Still going to have to shut him down to the best of our abilities. And, you know, he's still scary. He killed us in that one game. I forgot what game it was. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we, we face him so many times. It's like yeah. one game he did a thing and yeah. scary. Yeah, pretty much. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, George Kittle, man, it's going to be tough to stop him. I'm saying the obvious there, but the Packers specifically, I said this in my preview that I posted on uh, Sunday evening, but man, Packers had to face Mark Andrews, great receiving tight end later on in the season, just a few weeks back. And they had absolutely no plan for him at all against when, when the, the Ravens had backup quarterback Tyler Huntley in there, and they had hardly any other offensive weapons. But the backers were like, eh, Mark Andrews, do we really need to cover him? Eh. So they kind of let him slide. Hopefully the Packers have a better plan this week. But, man, they, they got a lot of offens- offensive weapons there in San Fran. So – uh, it's hard to, you know, just pick one of them to focus on for Joe Barry's uh, defense. Um, that's that. But, you know, Big B, like when a lot of people on Packers Twitter, on the Twitter sphere, were getting nervous about the 49ers. We don't match up well with them. What are we going to do? We're the number one seed. But, oh, no, the 49ers are scary. Get out of here. Why do I do this every week? Why? Yeah, I I am going to call you out for being like, oh, I'm doing. I don't want to be the Niners. Yeah. Yes, I, I, bet, I bet I won't hear the end of this when we yeah. win. <laughs> even okay, even if we lose this game, and even though you changed your opinion now, stop with that. Stop with that. You think like, yeah, uh, you, know, you know, we can talk about how George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell, don't know if I already mentioned, are scary offensive weapons. But the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the league, Devontae Adams, best wide receiver in the league, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, a lethal running back duo. Offensive weapons for the Packers, you know, like even more than the 49ers. So let's chill out with this. Packers just got to, you know, like, just the advantage of Aaron Rodgers over Jimmy Gaga, la, 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 Palooza. I'm going to call him that from now on. It's an unfunny joke, but I like it. Um, you know, that's enough advantage for the Packers. So, Kyle Shanahan versus Matt Fleur, though, two genius coaches. It's going to – it should be a fun one to watch. I wish, like, if my emotions were taken out of this game, I'm sure this would be a really exciting game to watch just as a fan. Uh, but I hope it's not an exciting game. I hope it's an absolute blowout uh, and the Packers get to throw in Jordan Love by the fourth quarter. You know, that's yeah. Um, all right. Packers versus 49ers. Big B, your call. Who has to step up in this game for the Packers? Who has to step up? You know what? I'm going to go. With my boy Dean Lowry. We're going with Dean Lowry. Got to step up. You know, he's just an absolute legend already. But got to see more from him. Yep. 49ers, past three playoff games, even though they have nothing to do with this game, past three playoff games, we have given up over 200 yards in, in all three of them games. And in one of those games, we let up 300 yards, which is absolutely insane. Was that Kaepernick? Yes, that was Kaepernick. Okay. So Dean Lowry, my boy, got to step up. I know he will. I know he will prove yep. the hate wrong, and he will get 15 sacks this game. Going to be great. Let's go, Dean. Let's go. 
seems reasonable. Yeah, man, I was thinking about this too. Dean Lowry, I think this is a chance for him. Like, I think they already are starting to get the fittings measurements for his gold jacket. But I think this is a game after this game, they might start preparing that bust for him. Like, man, I just think he can go out there. And along with Kenny Clark, I think those two can completely wreck this game for the 49ers. And they will have no idea who this 94 is. And he's just going to completely wreck their dreams. I can't wait. Dean Lauer is going to trot onto that field, and he is going to have a Reggie White-type game. I'm calling it out. It is almost guaranteed at this point that Dean Lowry will um, get the Reggie White ghost the night before. (laughs) That makes no sense, but he's going to summon summon Reggie White. That's what I'm trying to say. There we go, and he's going to take on the body. There we go. All right, I'm all for it. Dean Lowry, let's have a big game. For me, for my person who has to step up, I'm going to go with Alan Lazard. Look, man, EQ, or Marquise <laughs> Valdez-Scantling, he is doubtful. Alan Lazard, I think, you know, Devontae's probably going to go off. Hopefully he goes off. He had 132 yards in this last game. But without Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Packers, like, they need somebody that can manipulate the coverage 49ers coverage the same way Devontae does, you know, give him somebody else to focus on. Having Randall Cobb back is pretty big, especially on those third down situations. But Al Lazard, go up there, make some aggressive catches, click X or whatever button it is in Madden to make some Calvin Johnson type catches. Let's do it, Alan. Now, we haven't done uh, score predictions in a while just because nobody cares. Back is going to win every week. But it's playoffs, so let's reintroduce. Score predictions. Big B, what's your score here? I'm going to say Packers win, of course. Mm-hmm. 37 to 24, Packers win. Okay. Man, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm kind of thinking how this game is going to go. And I, I think that one makes sense. And if it's following the typical path of a Packers game, really, third quarter, they have it sealed or like, team the opponent is kind of like just kind of drowning trying to climb an uphill battle to maybe forge something but then by the fourth quarter Packers file on a few garbage time points so that score would make sense to me I'm gonna go a little less scoring and say 27 20 Packers get the win too Uh, close too close for my (laughs) too close for the heart mental health that's yeah I agree, man. That would that that's shaving a few years off life if uh, if, if this game is going into the last two minutes of fourth quarter. You know. Dude, if we have a situation like we did in week three for a playoff game, God bless. You might you might as well start, you know, digging my casket up uh, at the two minute warning, man. Jeez. Yeah, you, you might not be seeing me next week if that is the case. Yeah, I mean we we won't be doing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'd be alive for our, our recap episode. Yeah, that would be too tense. So it should be an exciting one. I think this. Uh, you know, while this matchup, you know, Eagles obviously would have been easier, but the seventh seed, it's a divisional round of the playoffs. You got to play hard teams on your way to the Super Bowl. So I. Cannot wait. I cannot believe if we are here right now. Uh, this season went by too quick. Uh, one last thing I wanted to shout out 
and then I'll let you go to sleep. It's literally about to be 11 o'clock in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan for Big B. But, you know, I wanted to shout out my friend Kyle Cousineau, um, who is helping the people out there, making sure that these tickets that people are selling, Packers fans are selling, get sold to Packers fans and not people with the California area code. All right. We saw in Dallas, you know, a, a very supporting fan base for stupid reasons. I will never understand why Dallas, very supporting fan base, their massive, awful stadium, you know, 49ers fans traveled well from the West Coast. So I was watching that and I was thinking, man, Packers fans, we can't we can't have any gold package funny business going on where we sold we sell all these tickets to to non-Packers fans. We got to make sure these get to Packers fans and we got to make sure we have a pack stadium. We got like 149ers fans through section who gets beer thrown at them at the end of the game, you know. So Anyways, my point in this is that Kyle Cousineau is is a man on a mission to make sure this happens, that the Packers fans are in the stands. He has been out there all week on the Twitters uh, helping people. You know, he, he's been around for a long time, but he's helping people. You know, oh, you got tickets for sale? All right. I'll, I'll be the middleman here and make sure, you know, you, you can sit on your couch. Don't worry about it. And I'll make sure these get to Packers fans. I know the people. And so he's doing that. Rachel Hotmeyer, a friend at NBC26, she just did a piece on him for the nightly news. I'm sure it's phenomenal. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure it's phenomenal. And definitely watch that. Definitely follow Kyle on Twitter. He helped me get tickets to the Bears game a few weeks ago, and I sat next to him. Phenomenal guy. We had a great conversation. You know, like by the third or fourth quarter, that game was over. And we were just like, the Packers were literally scoring a touchdown. And me and Kyle were just like talking as they were playing made on the drum all day. Long story short, Kyle doing God's work, making sure. So hopefully we can see that come to fruition Saturday night. Big B. Any uh, final playoff thoughts? Well, I don't, we didn't, I don't think we mentioned this, but Packers did start prep for the 49ers last week yeah. before the 49er Cowboy game. So if you guys are not feeling confident about this, that should make you feel confident. They got two weeks under their belt preparing for this game. Packers are going to win. We winning. We winning. Let's go get that dub. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan to me. This will not be the last you are hearing from us at Underage Packers before this playoff game. I'm sure we'll have some content from here. This is going to go out Friday morning. And in the next 40 hours, you will hear more of us. Um, Don't mean that in a a creepy, threatening way. But be on the lookout for that. Follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and the TikToks. We were, we're everywhere, so we appreciate you tuning in to this episode and following us on all those platforms. Other than that, we'll talk to you later. Go Pack Go.